Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast or Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, August the 29th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, Heather and I are going to chop it up about life hacks and touching off uh, an original piece that Pat Rigsby, my man, had sent out. uh, Just a bunch of random thoughts to maybe help you navigate any challenges you guys are wading through, whether it be health, fitness, finance, relationship, life-wise, if we can give you anything that can make your life a little bit better, this is the point of today's episode. But before I jump in, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You guys already know the one thing I take every single day. If you are someone who struggles to get enough vegetables in their life greens specifically but honestly all the micronutrients this is the thing i would add into your day if you're tired of taking 14 different pills if you forget sometimes athletic greens has these awesome little travel packs they come with me everywhere i go and right now if you guys want to check it out the site athleticgreens.com slash jeremy scott we can get you a year supply of free vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first order if you've listened to this podcast for all 400 and is this for episode 424 something like that Uh, which is insane. Thank you if you guys do. And you've never tried Athletic Greens, hit us up. I'll have Monica send you a free travel pack right to your front door. I don't care what state, country, providence you live in. She'll get it to you. You can try it. You'll be like, wow, it's the best tasting greens I've ever had. And then get hooked up with the free D and the five fruit packs on me. Again, we've all drinking much worse. Uh, I mean, man, I've drinking more like warm, crappy Boone's Farm in my life than I ever want to admit. And that's embarrassing. And that only did my body and my mind a huge disservice. And Athletic Greens tastes way better than that, and it's good for you, and it will help you guys. So if you're interested, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott for the free stuff, or hit us up. We'll get you a sample pack to try and then hook you up from there. Also, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at JLab Pro. These are the people we use for our protein, turmeric, collagen, our krill oils. I've known Jay for a long time. Uh, We can get you guys 40% off the collagen always, uh, 10% off of the protein, and then periodically they have a bunch of sales and and other offers that come through. The site is jeremyscottfitness.jlebpro.com. Again, you guys can message us. I'm happy to send you our supplement guide with that and kind of a breakdown of how we use each supplement and what we kind of think is the best, you know, bang for your buck if you're trying to add in those things to your life. So again, the site, jeremyscottfitness.jlebpro.com. And you can message me for the discounts or the free supplement guide from there. And then real quick, shout out to my boy, joeyshotsauce.com. This is the hot sauce company that we partner with. Again, keto friendly. It is made with organic ingredients. There's no sugar in it, no bullshit. Organic sweet peppers, habanero peppers, poblano peppers, jalapeno peppers, all things that I don't put into my mouth because they're hot going in and people tell me it's hot going out. So that's not where I want to be. No preservatives. No bullshit, just real stuff. My wife throws down her eggs. A lot of our athletes here uh, like it, who we've done a, a bunch of free giveaways, and so does our office staff. If you guys want to check it out, the code is Jeremy25 for 25% off, and they have a bunch of different versions. This one is a 50-50 I'm holding. It looks like four peppers out of five. Uh, I'm more of like a like a half a pepper out of five guy. As a kid, I grew up in the Midwest, and the salsa we used was like Pace Picante. You remember Pace? So gross. <laughs> That's what my old man would get with like the pace of content. I'm trying to remember the, my dad would make this thing. Anyways, the site, uh, joeyshotsauce.com, code Jeremy25 for 25% off. I don't want to get lost in detail. 
Uh, but I'm going to share the story. My dad would make this thing. And now, this is the Midwest, you guys. I grew up in Minnesota. My dad was a bachelor, basically, for, you know, my entire existence on the planet, other than probably the first five years he was married. And I don't remember any meals prior to that. So if they were amazing and my mom and dad were like, you know, Bobby Flay, maybe that happened and they forgot everything they made. He would make this thing with Pace. Uh, is it picante? Is that right? Am I saying I that right? I think so. Yeah. So Pace, the salsa. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's in a weird kind of shaped glass jar. At least it was when I was a kid. He would take uh, ground beef, like a, a whole... A jar of paste and then one of those long like rectangle blocks of Velveeta cheese oh, and he would put that in a glass bowl and heat it up and we would eat that with uh, like Tostitos chips that would be like my dinner and <laughs> Super I thought healthy and I thought it was amazing it's like uh, not even real salsa <laughs> and uh, then you move to the southwest and you get a good wake-up call and education on salsa <laughs> it really does um it makes a difference I don't, and I've, you know this, I didn't have guacamole until I was 25 it's or so 26. Because we went to, what restaurant is that? Uh, JW Star Pass. We sat in a restaurant and we ate it and they made it table side, which first of all is the best way to go if you can have somebody do that who legitimately knows they're doing and they can tailor it to the way you want. That was the first time I ever had. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? You've never had guacamole? Yeah. Well, you can get it in the Midwest, and there is places. But it's just not the same. I mean, there's definitely, like, in Minneapolis, like, good restaurants that would have. But do you, when you go there, is that... when no. you're When you're in Minneapolis, you like, don't where's the best taco yeah, place? Yeah. That's why I would say, when you're in a geographical location, if you can, eat what they're known for. Mm-hmm. That's the best. If you're in Nebraska, like, don't order sushi. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm not Order bad. steak. <laughs> yes. I'm sure there's great sushi places in Nebraska, but if you're in Omaha, like grab yourself a steak. And if you're in San Diego, you're probably safer to go with some seafood. Fish tacos. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, I didn't have I didn't have real salsa either until I came here. At least that's the way I think about it. Now you I've tra- I traveled other places, but the margaritas here, the salsa here, the tableside guacamole here, it's really tough to beat. Mexican yeah. street corn. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far off topic and talk here for three hours. What's the worst guacamole you can remember having? When I ordered it in Bora Bora. <laughs> that was a mistake. That was a bad they call. They literally brought out like Doritos in like the paste avocado that you get from like a container plastic container in the store that's not real like at Safeway yeah like the but not the Safeway brand because Safeway makes their own and it's not great but it's not terrible no Um, they make a good guacamole but I'm talking about just like a mass brand a mass company Mm -hmm. and it looks processed (laughs) it's green toothpaste and we're at the inner intercontinental yeah in more or Maria Mm -hmm. is where we were it's a nice resort Everything else we had was good. Oh, yeah. so Super nice. But, but <laughs> they should not have had that on the menu. But you would... Th- why did we think that that would be a good choice? You would think that I they... think I just wanted something, you know, crunchy and uh, appetizer and it was on there. <laughs> but they literally brought out nacho cheese Doritos or like some off brand of them mm-hmm. in green paste. It was very disappointing. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on here? It's, that's the tricky part when you travel internationally, um, where you go and what to order. 
Right. We've made that mistake before. Um, and if we can ever travel normally again, shout out to Rick Steves. Rick Steves will tell you where you can eat. And yes, where you can buy go. his books or wa- look up him on the internet and he has great suggestions. It's just like here, like if you're, this has nothing to do with today's podcast, by the way. When you're traveling, it's rarely the places you can see on the main streets I would suggest to eat at. And I think that goes for most major cities too. Like when you're, where were we? Athens, I think, walking around and you get super hungry. And you're like, I just want to, I just need to eat. And we're staying at, wherever, I forget the name of the hotel. It was nice. Yeah, it was one of the, our luxury collections. It was ama- First of all, this hotel was amazing. It looks like an old school kind of Ritz. Or, yeah, traditional luxury. And yeah. where we went to see, was it the Acropolis? Yeah. Which is super cool. We do well, the- it had to, yeah, it, it, the hotel looks out at the Acropolis. Yes, I'm trying King to... King sh- George. Okay. So if you're ever in Athens, that's the place to stay. <laughs> uh, so we're staying at this, we get off the plane, we get there. Uh, this hotel's amazing, and I lay down for 20 minutes, and like we always do, just get up and go, because you're not going to be here for very long. We go see the Acropolis, walk around the city, Heather gets hungry, and I'm like, well, let's just go eat back at the hotel. Well, my sandals were cutting into my here we feet, go. and I had all these blisters, and I'm like, I don't want to walk anymore. And so we found not a great restaurant, it's just like a tourist trap. Is that the worst meal we've ever yeah, had? Yeah, it was really bad. Um, it remind me of, I call it school lunch. Mm-hmm. It was chicken that you would get on like Tuesday, but not like the good chicken patty you used to get, like the, like the crappy chicken. It was bad. And then we make it back to the hotel and she's like, oh, I'm upstairs in the restaurant like bar area, which is like the most amazing place ever. And the guy next to us orders a steak and it looks like the greatest steak he's ever had. And I'm like, this is some bullshit. We should have just ate here. I know. But the point is you live and learn. And more often than not, you don't really know the best places unless you do some research. And they're usually not on the street fronts. Just a little travel tip for everybody as we're rolling along today. So what's new, man? Not a whole lot. Just, uh, you know, living the dream with you. Every day. We did watch... Uh, Dr. Death yeah. on Peacock, which is the first, that's the first show we have watched in a long time. Together, yeah. And it is unbelievable. It is <laughs> so sad and scary. And it's great that they're bringing awareness to stories um, that have taken place like this one. Well, there is a podcast on it. That I think has multiple seasons now, and it's, I believe it's super, super popular, obviously. There is a documentary as well. Um, it is a true story, and I'm sure obviously for this show, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but there's a couple parts where I literally were watching it, and I have a hard time, maybe it's because I'm older now, and I just don't like to see negative shit because the news and the world, and we tend to do the fear uh, panic porn. I only like to watch things that put me in a good mood and uh, lift me up, but I got sucked into this. The, the trailer was great. The real uh, doctor's name is Christopher Dunch, um, Texas Medical School in the community. Uh, he was a neurosurgeon, and needless to say, like things didn't go right. He's played by Joshua Jackson. Yeah, Joshua Jackson. From he Dawson, does a great job. From Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. He, he's great in it. Um, Alec Baldwin is great in it. And then Christian Slater's in it, too. But it will hook you in. I think it's like eight episodes. And there's a couple parts where I'd watch – 
And I go, that can't be real. I know. And then the documentary would, would cut in like into like a commercial and it would show part of it. I'm like, it is real. Like it just gets worse and worse and worse. And the fact that it went on for so long, but it's a great show if you guys ever are looking for something to, to binge on that's quick and easy. But uh, it's super sad though. Yeah, it as is. Well. And that's why I have a hard time. The, we do that though. Like we'll watch like, oh, here's a dateline. And it's like the saddest story I'm just ever. ready for Yellowstone to come back. <laughs> I do miss Yellowstone. That's like what, November 4th or 5th? I th- you told me, right? It's somewhere around early they November. Keep, they keep pushing it back. This is season four? I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's like a teaser on there somewhere. But it looks amazing. If you guys haven't watched Yellowstone, that's well worth it as well. Any any escapism you can get in your life to be a little bit healthier, I would urge you guys to throw Yellowstone in it. It's like the, it's like Sopranos, but mm-hmm. in Montana. It's amazing. It's awesome. So... This podcast, I uh, got a, a message from my man, Pat Rigsby, who, again, has helped me a lot in fitness and business and, and kind of my world coming up, uh, thinks very similar to myself, just real life applicable things you can use. And a lot of it's, it's stuff we know, um, but if you guys are anything like me, it just helps to have the reinforcement and the reminders around. So I might not say anything here today that is earth-shattering. Earth I was just going to say earth-shattering. Finish each other's sentences. <laughs> Do we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. Jinx. Stepbrothers. What is the jinx thing? And you have to be quiet. Yeah, for and, like a certain period of time. Until I never got that. Mm-hmm. Would you play those games? Like slug bug? Like where you'd see like a VFW yeah. bug and you'd punch your friend? I don't know where that comes from. But that's a really stupid game, by the way. Off topic, Mike uh, Cohen, Mike's our pool dude, owns Crystal Falls Pools here. He's been coming here forever, trains on Sundays with us, dude's a savage. He told me about this game. He grew up in Arizona. They would play uh, with the seatbelts. It was some kind of tag, he called it. I forget the name. I'm going to botch it. But this is you're talking 16, 17-year-old dudes. So, and no offense to any 16, 17-year-old guys out there or parents with 16-year-old kids, the dumbest of the dumb. Yeah, And I can say that because I was one of them. And man, the stuff I did, the fact that I'm not in jail or dead is a miracle. They'll play this game. You get into your car in Arizona, like about this time of year. And it's mm, close to 150 degrees probably. And uh, you just, you want to melt. If you have skin showing and it touches your seats, it's going to burn the skin off of your body. But they would all get into the car like, you know, 16 year old boys do. And they would take the seat belts, the metal ends of them and tag each other on like the the neck with him yeah he was telling me about that and he called it some kind of game and he's like you would do it and like catch him off guard and i'm like that seems you'd have like a third degree burn mark like a really (laughs) shitty hickey because of it but he told me about that and that just sounds awful ridiculous so uh tip number one don't do that if you live in arizona and you want to have fun that is not uh the road i would go but uh, he sent this out, just some basic life hacks, some things to think about as you kind of go through your day, and just to reinforce all the things that you guys know and might be doing or maybe you're doing, and it's just nice to hear it. I have friends now <clears throat> that will send me sometimes like a, a motivational clip from whoever. It's like Denzel Washington doing a couch speech or Goggins or someone like that, and it's not that you're not already doing the things, but it's nice to hear it and to reinforce it 
and that's why around our facility and even my office, there's things I throw up, little sayings to, you know, bring you back to reality or just to motivate you to keep kind of moving the needle forward, uh, to just reinforce the decisions you're making are already correct. And that's kind of what the message is today. But Heather and I were talking before, like last night she went to bed at about um, 5 p.m. No, it was like 7.30. You're in bed at 6.50 with a full blanket on. I know. Yeah. The heat took it out of me. We're in the pool and I was up here at the gym for half the day and I worked out. I had a really long workout. So. Like a two hour workout, filmed a bunch of videos. So I just, it hit me hit me hard and earlier in the day our young kid here uh alec who works here he's 25 he's like oh i'm having a pool party at, at our condo complex you guys are invited and i'm like well i could probably be most people's dad there so it must be a hard <laughs> no i felt honored me. i felt really cool to be invited to early 20 to mid 20 year olds party um but we didn't go because we felt kind of awkward <laughs> Like, these kids are out drinking till midnight the day before. I'm, like, reviewing my 401k. Like, we're just not in the same wavelength. Like, yeah. who, who is this old... It was very nice. Who is this old dude who's in shape here that has a gray beard? Uh, what's going on? And who's the lady you brought with him? Like, and the I used, lady. I use the word lady because that's how they're just going to describe you when you get there. And, Heather, I'm sure for a second, I don't want to speak for you, you thought about it. Oh, I did. And this is the <laughs> same person who is in bed with a blanket on at 6.50 on a Saturday night. You were done well before 6.50, though. Let's just be honest. Yeah. You were, you'd had enough. But that's where we're at. And I only bring that up because you went to sleep earlier and you slept in. And I use that with air quotes to like maybe 6.30 or something. Which is sad that that has become I know. the norm for all of us. And I'm a huge fan of waking up early all the time just because it does reinforce good habits. You are more productive. Uh, you don't fall into this you know, laziness trap and kind of let the days wander away. And I say that as a blanket term, but there is this group of humans like myself, you know, you're part of it that we always just do. We always get up and we're always hustling and going. And even when we quote unquote, take it easy, we're really not taking it easy. And you have this sense of almost like guilt, Mm -hmm. like you're being lazy. If by 6.15 in the morning you haven't done seven things and got, you know, this much progress towards whatever goals you have set. It's like this hustle culture. It's like a sickness almost. Yeah, it is. It's like. And it's, it's us in America. Like we, this is learned behavior too. Where if you're someone who's struggling in your life, like to be fit or get things done. I'm a fan of you getting up early and being productive. But it can get to the point of where. You can't, you don't even know how to relax. Yeah, you can't even enjoy the day. And I'm speaking from like personal experience. Not that I don't enjoy the day, but we talked about it before we got on here. The only time I really do that is when I'm not at home, when I'm away from home. Like we get, like Heather, I use the word drags, drags me to the Ritz Carlton or drags me to like, you know, Coronado Island in San Diego, which we do like to visit. And not that I don't work there and not that I don't exercise and I'm productive, but it's at a much slower pace. Yeah. For you, both of us, I feel like we have to take ourselves out of our environment and be in a new environment that will force us to really step back because I feel like even at home, 
I'm like, oh, I need, there's always something to get done. And it's just hard. It's hard to feel like you're not working towards certain goals or, you know, constantly achieving. And then it just is constant. It's so confusing. (laughs) When you're the person who looks at the stuff like, oh, I got to cut this or sweep that. It's hard for me to relax in the pool because I'm like, oh, I need to do some more yard work or fix that. (laughs) It's uh, and it's weird because we spend so much time and I'm not bagging on like buying a nice home and and making it the way you want and having to be your sanctuary to relax. But how many of us really do that when, when push comes to shove Mm -hmm. and some people are way better than I am, obviously, but it's tough. The only time I really find to do it is at the very end of the day, like in maybe for just a couple of hours. I don't know really how to just, chill you know for long periods of time yet we're always like well if if i do this this is the way it'll be but we find ourselves always just working more i think there's like a study where it's like if they gave you an eighth day right Mm -hmm. like for to relax people would just keep working and keep hustling keep chopping away and i'm not trying to deter you guys from working hard because you have to if you want to achieve your goals and there's a balance there somewhere which clearly i do not have it and i don't know where it is (laughs) but you've gotten better um yeah well i just you can't or maybe i just don't know any different <laughs> i don't think the maybe behavior, i'm so used to it that yeah the behavior definitely is not normal but if you want things you have to work and acquire them it's just very hard because it's ingrained in you like we're always it's a machine that runs we're all constantly the time. trying to fit everything in in america probably does it one of the worst like right. you, we've traveled in Europe. Those guys don't do it the way we oh, do it. Yeah. They're way more chill. No, it's not as competitive for sure. But you just feel a sense of relaxation in like in Italy or Spain, the whole culture and this it's, they make a point and then make it a priority through throughout each day to spend time with their family, be present, you know, relax, take a siesta. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, majority of the people there feel that way versus us i know like we feel it there because we're eating pizza drinking beer and wine and hanging out so yeah it's super fun but if we worked there would we just would and if we came from america and live there would we just take our traits and do the same shit there or would we kind of acclimate to not that they don't work hard but it's just not as breakneck as us because you drive around especially the smaller places in let's use you know italy for example how many three-car garages do you see? Never. <laughs> How many people are driving, you know, an Escalade? Mm-hmm. And I'm not against three-car garages and Escalades, but this the culture is different. The value system tends to be a little bit different, and the hustle is... Even, like, their mornings. I remember, you know, we'd get up, say, at 6 or something, and it's just dead quiet, and you don't oh, really God. hear people on the streets or cars going until, like, 9 o'clock. Even like the bigger cities, mm-hmm. we, I'm trying to think, Rome was that way too, even which is crazy, but Barcelona, we would, we would be up before everyone and we could work out, walk all the way down uh, the beach. We stayed at the W Hotel there in Barcelona, which is awesome if you guys ever get a chance to go. We walk all the way down. There's maybe for a couple miles, 10 people on the beach total. And then we come back in, you know, have a version of. Well, I'm just thinking of. All the naked people? The nude beach. So there's like the main beach, but then oh. there's the other side's a nude beach. 
First in of all, in the morning though, you can all, see the the old, the old. Why do they have to be old? The old mature, men swimming, mature, mature doing men. their morning swim, butt naked. Dick all hanging out <laughs> everywhere, just swanging and banging. They don't care at all. I couldn't stop watching. I was like a deer in headlights. I'm like, what is this? Well, they go. I mean, it's just that's a different than our culture. Obviously, we don't do it here. They go into the water naked. They shower at the beach naked. And they lay in suntan. Yeah, just lay naked. Everything hanging out. Men, women, young, old, fit, not fit. No That's one gives crazy. a shit. The, the more remote places, like when we were in like Greece, I get that. Like we'd be at the beach and yeah. like, naked women be walking by. But there's maybe 50 of us there total. I'm talking the main drag. <laughs> Bikes going by, kids going by. You know, a 12-year-old kid walking by and like some ladies just there butt naked, all tan and everything. And this little kid just like staring at her as he walks by. Definitely is a weird uh, for us, because I'm not used to it. Typically in, you know, Minnesota, we don't uh, we don't do a lot of naked uh, beach days uh, at the lake. Doesn't happen a ton. But the whole point of me rambling on about the nakedness that Heather thought was humorous <laughs> is no one would be awake, and the beach would be basically empty when we woke up. By noon, there's five thousand people at that beach, and it's kind of yeah. packed. And I understand people they're on vacation. And it's a little bit different than here, but we're wired a certain way and we just have these different habits. And some of it's really good. And I think you should be doing that. And some of it is, you know, we could take lessons from people who live a different kind of lifestyle because the pace that we are doing life at, and this is my opinion, and I'm, you know, part of it, it's not sustainable. No. We've created a different kind of set of problems and a different, you know, it was survival in the wilderness before. Now it's kind of survival in the rat race. And it's a lot, man. And if you're not really mindful of how you're spending your time and careful of it, it can kind of swallow you up. And I thought about this morning when I came out. It was kind of cool this morning, with parentheses, uh, at least for us. And it just reminded me of like being, you know, kind of on vacation for a second. The weather was similar. There was like a handful of things. There were some trees. I'm like, oh, this is like being in Minnesota as I'm driving to work. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I basically came and worked for 18 months straight and didn't take a single day off the whole time, which helped me get through the pandemic stuff. But also, that's craziness. That's not healthy for you. Like you, We haven't taken – I took a week off this summer, but you have not taken a week of vacation no. for like two years. It's been – well, forever. Because, I mean, the pandemic did jack it up. And so there's that weird part of it. We keep doing like long – weekends which, which is where which yeah. is which honestly i'm fine with that i'm mm-hmm. fine with three four days and then come back because yeah. you you are refreshed and that's what i'm just saying to you guys i'm not saying quit working and be lazy and that's not the message here but take time for yourself and go do the things that you enjoy and love because you come back refreshed mm-hmm. otherwise if you're even this like this my name's in the building all these things you know everybody here is generally fun <clears throat> i like to hang out with them if i'm here too much too often like for you're gonna feel burned out and you start to not enjoy it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what it is even if you love doing it you're like man you have to re-energize and then you realize how much you enjoy the other things that maybe you were putting off right so little tip um so just a few things to think about as we kind of rip through here again all stuff you guys know not real complex just some quick hacks as you're kind of moving through the rest of 2021 into 2022 
hopefully just continues to normalize and we just have fun and do all the cool shit we ever did before and get away from all the weirdness. First one, action is how you're judged. And the subtitle under that would be words are indicative of what you want to do, but the actions prove who you are. And I do see a lot of lip service, obviously in the industry that I'm in with health and fitness, everybody says they want to do something. I, I want to, you know, have abs. I want to lose a hundred pounds. I want to be more mobile. I want to be fit. I want to eat better. And they'll say the right things, but the actions aren't mapping to the words. And a lot of people are guilty of that in I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you want to see what people value and where they're going, just see how they spend their time and how they spend their money. And that's based on the things you're doing. You know, I think the old school saying is, you know, talk is cheap, you know, and and if you actually walk the walk, that's how things kind of plan out. And it's those small steps forward that are really going to help you guys reach all the goals. But just saying these, you know, monumental things, without a lot of action behind it, it's not going to get you anywhere. And it's really simple. And it's, it's what you guys already know, but it's it's what, especially in the health and fitness, and Heather knows this as well as anybody, it's what you do in private, it's what you get praised for in public, and not just fitness, in everything in your life. It's the things you're doing on a day-to-day basis that probably nobody sees, that's what ends up being the finished product. And that's what people look at you and say, oh, so-and-so's, you know, happy, so-and-so is financially successful, so-and-so has a great relationship, so-and-so is fit. It's not when you see them out at dinner. It's not when you see them just working out on a random day. It's all the things they did behind the scenes. Absolutely. Like going to bed at 730. (sighs) I mean, when you're 65 years old, you know, and you're tired, you had a busy day. I mean, I get it, dude. Uh, But it's simple. It, It really is. And if you are not where you want to be in a handful of arenas, just look at what you're doing in private. Take the time to evaluate what areas of weaknesses in your life that you need to pay attention to and change and start from there and well, start building upon small steps moving forward and daily habits that you can change. Well, and like what drags you down, right? Like if we can talk about, like for you, can we? can I put you on? On a pedestal here for oh, a second? Oh, pedestal or on blast? Um, I was trying to word it correctly, but I'm really just <laughs> going to crush I'm really going to crush you. I was going to say, here's what you do, guys. Uh, you give a compliment and then you destroy them in the next sentence. So basically when someone says, you're great, but, and that's when you, you destroy them. And what I've learned is everything before the but is worthless. It doesn't mean anything. It's everything after the but they mean. Okay. Lay like, it on me. No, you're the fittest you've ever been, in my opinion, overall at 35 like from when i met you yeah you're you're fitter you're leaner you're healthier all your habits are better than they were at at 25 can we agree well yes like not even close like you're fitter at 35 than you were at 23 when i met you yes and why i was my heaviest (laughs) my senior year of college and after i graduated why is that just, you know, living that college life. Uh, Eating Taco Bell and Safeway. Yeah. Subs, living the dream. Pita Pit. Hit up that place a lot. Alcohol, maybe? Um, Bush Light. <laughs> just nuts, just <laughs> the normal college diet, if you will. And what I'm driving is we talked about it yesterday. You know, you're the healthiest you've ever been. But there's things we do 
that throw a wrench in our plans. And there, you need to enjoy your life and have escapism. And we're talking just alcohol in general. Like you like wine more mm-hmm. than I would say every other alcoholic drink that's out there. Right. That's the only thing that, the only alcohol that um, I can struggle with moderation. The other, the others I'm not really tempted by. Um, like if you have a margarita, what's the most you're going to have? Maybe two. And beer? Two at the most, and I would say. wine? Yeah, wine is just like so easy to drink. <laughs> it's so good, but... Yeah, and it's like recognizing, okay, Heather, if I want to continue to move forward, um, it's like focusing on those little setbacks or things that are holding you back from getting where you want to be and making those changes. And and um, you just have to make it a priority. Otherwise, you're going to continue to fail or just stay the same and get really frustrated about why you're Basically, for me, it's like I can erase all my hard work, you know, if I let that, or just, if I let that take over, I'm saying. Yeah, it doesn't erase it, but it... It makes it difficult yeah. to move forward. <laughs> it either slows the progress or it keeps you from, if it's a video game, you're on level seven and you're trying to get to level 10 and you just can't get there. Yeah. Because the habits. And it's, again, I'm not saying don't ever drink wine. I don't, you're a grown woman. You do whatever you want to do. But you try to success hack that. How can I still, you know, enjoy it once in a while, but maybe not all the time? Like, what's a way that I can still do it, but maybe not as often as I was? Mm -hmm. And we just talked, like, for myself, mentally, I'm in a different place now than when I was at 21, obviously. Hopefully, if I wasn't. You and I wouldn't be married and I'd be homeless on the streets probably because I was a moron. And I'm a dude and I'm still not that bright. But I've learned along the way all the things I used to do. For me, alcohol, it was like, you know, drink to get drunk, drink 20 beers, do all the stupid stuff. Now I'm older. I'm not in the same, I call it, condition as I was when I, as a young man. Where friends of mine are still, you know, they're in the life. They can uh, still put it down. You've I, really let yourself go over the years. <laughs> who, me? What do you? Oh my! With my drinking, yeah. I'm a, no, I'm just saying. Overall, you've really let yourself go. <clears throat> oh, I mean, you know. Get your shit together, Jeremy. I'm doing the dude. I was such a train wreck. I am way. This is the best. I if you'd have told me this is my life ten years ago, I'd be like, you're lying. There's no way I would know these things, and be this healthy. Like I just never envisioned it. So I'm. What did Connor say at our wedding? I'm out kicking my coverage, in terms of uh, my potential. He said of marrying you was what he was referring to. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. He gave a, a very nervous uh, wedding speech, <laughs> by the way. It's my best friend. Uh, love him to death. He's a super smart, very bright. He gets real nervous uh, <laughs> in front of crowds. He and, did a great job. Yes. Sharing private jokes that nobody gets. And then like, Jeremy with Heather, you really outkicked your coverage. Half the audience doesn't even know like what football is. But the point I was driving at is what? Well, I can't drink anymore like I used to, thankfully. But also mentally... I can have a couple of drinks now, which there was probably a time for about, I don't know, five, six, seven years where I couldn't because I just couldn't control the on-off switch. And for me, stepping away from it, identifying it, obviously seeing trends and traits in my family, buying things that I don't love but can do if I want to be social was easier for me. So I'm not in the, the same condition to drink 20 beers as I was 15 years ago. Now I'm old, and if I have like two beers, the stomach 
is full, like the volume is full. I'm good. I can't drink it fast enough to get drunk. And so that's kind of where I fall. And I do that as opposed to something like margaritas where I could probably drink 10 at a time or Moscow mules, which I've drinking 10 in a row before, yeah. uh, which is terrible life choice. So I pick things that I like, but maybe don't love to where I'll self-regulate mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I don't put myself in a position for failure. Now, if I want to go with my friends once a year and do something stupid, sure. But if I'm at home like today and we want to go in the pool, if it's not 200 degrees, which it looks like it is, at least to cool down, if I have a beer, I'm fine. Now, if I grab whiskey, it's a, it's a little bit more of a slippery slope because I can drink it a lot easier, similar to how Heather can do wine. And so an easy way to do that, again, I'm not telling you guys what to do with your habits, but if you know it's dragging you down, like all the food stuff, maybe don't keep it in the house and make it so easily accessible or set some kind of boundaries in your day. If that's, and it doesn't got to be alcohol, it could be cinnamon rolls, it could be pizza, it could be chips, it could be peanut butter. Yeah, whatever your vice is that you continue to overdo it, I guess, on. Yeah, and it, it's tough, but uh, if you can get a handle on that, and usually for people, I found it's the thing you know is dragging you down but you like it so much, enjoy it so much, you don't want to admit it, and you'll try to fix everything else around it and still get away with that one thing, but that one thing is so polarizing mm -hmm. and it's making such a big dent, like you can't get past it. Next one. You've survived 100% of the challenges you've faced so far. So have confidence that you can overcome the things that are going to come your way. I think that's like 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah. For a lot of people. Um I don't want to go too deep in it, but the way I read that is, I've said this before, all the shit you've been through hasn't killed you and it didn't bury you. It just planted you guys to be this version of yourself. And I think we have short memories in terms of wins, but long memories in terms of losses. Like you, for, you remember all the times you failed and fucked up and did terrible, yet you start to forget all the, the wins you stacked up. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Like even you with work. If I said, Heather, what's the five worst days you've had at work? I can remember some of them for you because <laughs> I lived through them with you. Usually it's like a crying meltdown and we're having a, a little powwow session in the living room. <laughs> yeah. And I would never want to do your job. I would, they'd fire me in a day. But I don't know if you can remember the five best days you've had or the five biggest wins. You'd struggle with that. And we do that as humans. We, we're, our brains tend to... Kind of focus the negative experiences stand out more. And so we'll touch on this later in the episode too, but you have to stack up those wins, you guys. And if it's writing them down or putting them somewhere, because those little wins build confidence. And sometimes we just tend to wash over them. And I'm terrible at that, at like just celebrating and, and really being like, hey man, this is how far you've come. And, and this is the reason why I just, you know, I ended up there. But along the way, I didn't give myself kind of enough grace to be like, you know what? I was kicking ass and, and that's what got me to this point. And we're all and, guilty of it. And be proud of yourself, you know, take time to look back and see everything you've accomplished and, and the challenges you faced and like recognize that because I think again, with our fast paced world, we're constantly go, 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 that it's hard to step back and, and make time to reflect on everything that you've lived through so far. Well, it's crazy because we get so, again, sometimes you got to deal with real life shit. And if you're dealing with some 
you know, life altering stuff. This is not applicable for this, but everything else you worried about it for so long and the worrying was way worse than the actual event or problem probably was the anticipation and the anxiety of dealing with it was way worse than actually dealing with it. In every one of those instances, you've made it through because you're listening to me talk today. So understand that. Next one. Don't be the person who overvalues what you're not and undervalues what you are. Don't be the person who overvalues what you're not and undervalues what you are. You have to play to your strengths, which I always say. You always have to do that and be competent in the things you suck at. But again, we as humans tend to say, Focus oh, on our flaws. so-and-so is good at that and that, and I'm terrible at that. Yeah, but you have your own skill set. Mm-hmm. Like there's things you're great at and there's things that I suck at. And I don't look at you and be like, oh, that's just what, that's just what your skill set is. I can't compare myself to you. There's things that I'm good at that you're not as good at. And we obviously as a team, like we do work together, but we always want what we don't have, even with, in terms of your body, right? Like if you're a skinny guy, you're the guy who wants to be jacked, you know, you want right. to be, you, you got to be bigger or you're short and you want to be taller. Yes. Or you're, I'm going to generalize here. You're the female and like you, you have an ass and you know, maybe you have some curves, but you want to be smaller or skinnier or whatever the the acronym is that people use i need to weigh less for what you know and then the girl who does weigh less and is you know smaller or skinnier she wants an ass she wants the curves so we're always coveting the things that we don't have and it's really weird to do and you can work hard to change the things that aren't perfect in your life and that you want but you can't undervalue all the stuff that is going on in your life and a lot of people do that Oh yeah, I'm I'm guilty of it too, and it's sometimes such a battle to get out of that mindset. But and if, and if you're good at something, like just keep working with that thing, mm-hmm. but don't downplay all the gifts you have and all the awesome stuff because everybody has some talent. Everybody has gifts in certain areas, and maybe you found it yet, maybe you haven't. But my advice is just double down on those, and punt all the other stuff. And if you do that, it, it tends to kind of raise all the other areas of your life as well. Next one, there are plenty of things outside of your control, and that's okay. Control what you can, and you can control how you respond. That one's, I feel like, one of the most important reminders that I always have to remind myself. (laughs) Well, Because it truly is how you respond is in your control. Well, And most things in life are out of your control, so focus on what you can well, and how you respond is obviously your attitude, your mindset too, mm-hmm. uh, your actions, behavior. And that's going to dictate the real results. Like life is going to happen to you um, and you can't control that, but you can control how you react to it. And if 2020 taught you anything, you control very little, um, especially when real stuff happens. Obviously, the pandemic is a shit show, but you don't control the weather. You don't control elements like these things just kind of pop up and I'll use a an arbitrary example that's not life-changing so I don't get super depressing here but if you're going to get married and you have a wedding set up and it's supposed to be outside and then it just happens to be the one day it's pouring rain a lot of people how they react to that that 
is indicative of the kind of person that they are. And I'm not saying you can't be sad about those things, but some people act like they literally like someone is dying if that were to happen. And I was in a wedding with a good friend of mine, Isaac's wedding. He had a plan for outside. It was great. And then all of a sudden it just starts to rain like crazy. Ends up doing it in a church. Works out just fine. You know, we all ate the same food. We drank the same beer. We shared the same stories. Probably wasn't the photos, you know, they were expecting or wanting, but that's not a huge deal. You know, he's a dude and handled it fine. And his wife seemed to do the same thing. But a lot of times in life, we don't do that. We want to be control freaks. We want to control everything. And trust me, Everything to be perfect. (laughs) uh, That's more of a Heather thing. Uh, They have gotten a lot better. Uh, You have. Uh, I just never expect things to be perfect. I expect them to be a complete. Well, it's unrealistic, but yet perfectionism is still something that a lot of people struggle with. Even when you know it's not attainable. (laughs) uh, No, it's not attainable at all. I mean, when's the last time you had a perfect day? I know. Hit every green light. Never. Found (laughs) found 100 bucks on the ground cash. Everybody was nice to you. You know, you PR'd every... Uh, lift in the gym it just life doesn't work that way but yet we paint it like a hallmark movie and that's why i was telling you that's fake mm-hmm. these beautiful people living I this fairy tale hallmark life movies. it's terrible dude they're so great it's here's the premise uh guy or girl moves away from hometown becomes successful uh moves back to hometown for the fall festival or something brought them back for the you know the christmas whatever it is Tree and, farm. Yeah, they're all beautiful people. Family business. By the way, yep. <laughs> and uh, realizes they don't want to be in the big city anymore. They miss their first love and they need to come back and help the business or get the festival to be successful to save the town. And then they fall in love. Did I pretty much describe yeah. all of them? Okay. They're just happy movies. Which is fine, but that is not real life. Like, that is nonsense. But the point is, we sometimes want our life to work out that way. And I. The way I do it is probably not healthy either. I just assume everything's going to be a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, you're the worst. And if it's not, I'm like, oh, that's great. So I'm never really let down. You always are prepared for the worst. And that's like just how you've always operated. It's like this negative positivity I have. I don't know what you call it. But we would talk that. Like, I have friends that are saying, like, BJ Gadur is the same way. Ben Novak's the same way. Ben and I would talk and say, hey, if the world went to black... Like, in, in everything ate shit, would we be able to take care of our people, survive? Do, and I'm talking in terms of business, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we operate. It's it's also, for you, it's like a security thing. You sure. have to feel secure and that you're safe and that you're prepared and that you financially, with just how you operate, Yes, it for surely is tied to um, a lot of it. The behavior is your upbringing too 100 percent. not feeling like you had enough i had no money yeah yeah and i don't want to turn this into financial but i had no money as a kid Mm -hmm. and you even if you're not like i wasn't intellectually the smartest kid but emotional intelligence had a certain level of self-awareness even as a young kid and you were a hard worker and you but you see that though like you see your parents like it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist at 10 years old to see your again and I didn't have a family where it's like we just had, you know, modest things, but secretly we were super rich. No, no, no. We didn't have any money. But you would see that and then you'd see your other friends who are financially in a better space, you know? And you're like, well, shit. 
you see the stress it kind of puts on, you know, your parents and the life and the things you can and can't do and the things other people do. And I'm not making this about money, but it is money is a tool to make your life better, easier and more secure if things go wrong. At least that's how I kind of view it. And I remember things like where I had this Acura when I moved here and like a headlight went out and it was like the fancy what were they? I mean, back then, like the LED, L- yeah. like the first generation. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the headlight windows, and they're like, it's 800 bucks. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, that is like a million dollars to me. I didn't have the money. And yes, I was young. And that's kind of, you know, the progression in your life. You, you make more, you save more, you invest, whatever. Now, if something like that happens, it, I don't even think about it. I can just pay for it and move. And there is a sense of security in that for me and calming in that. And there's, in the discipline of my life, it's relaxing, if that makes sense to anybody. Because I'm so disciplined and because it's so regimented. No, I understand that. It's way less stressful for mm-hmm. me. And, that, and for some it's people. One it's one less thing you have to worry about. It is. And we all want to control everything. And I'm similar to you guys. Like I run most of my day. But every single day I come in here, something goes wrong. At least one thing, if not multiple things. And that's okay. But it's how you respond to it is going to dictate the results. What's wrong with you? It's your first day. (laughs) Sorry, I bumped it. And I would say how you look at these problems is going to make all the difference in the world when you guys go through it. That's how I think I agree. Uh, Next one. Win today. Uh, It's the first step to bigger accomplishments. And it's the same way we look at anything. It's like little rocks, big rocks. If in terms of eating, if obviously this is a fitness podcast, if you want to talk about food real quick, we get so fixated on just the end goal. Well, if if I can get to 15% body fat, if I can drop three dress sizes, if I can lose a hundred pounds and all that stuff, it's great. But you have to focus on the day and the little habits you do every single day. One day at a time. Yes. And we get wrapped up in the macro. In all reality, if you focus on the micro, that's the easiest way to you accomplishing little goals along the way and then obviously eventually the big goals. And we touched on this briefly. When you do achieve a goal or accomplishment or something of meaning and value to you, and I'm not judging anybody, it might be getting 10,000 steps in a day every day for 10 days. For some of you, that's a huge fucking accomplishment. If it's you paying off, you know, $5,000 of credit card debt, that's a huge accomplishment. If it's you actually just showing up to work out 30 minutes a day, three times a week for a month straight, that's an accomplishment. We touched on it. You have to enjoy those things and celebrate them and give yourself a pat on the back. So it builds more positive momentum and reinforcement moving forward. You agree? Absolutely. Because you'll find that when you achieve a goal, it's enjoyable and you celebrate it and you have fun. But if you're like me, it's not the best part of it. It's not what you focus on. It's more about what you've become through the process and the accomplishment of working itself. In The journey. Yeah. It's not, a, again, anybody out there who's successful, it's, it's not an accident. You know, people don't become successful, happy, fit, great, mindful, kind on accident. It's work to do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people get, well, you know, it's, it's only van. Like we do a bad, a bad job in fitness, making it about 
just the aesthetics of it sometimes. The results. Yeah. Oh, well, so-and-so's ripped. And I get it. That's important. And it's part of it. But it's the process that you go through along the way to achieving the results that mean more than anything else. Like someone who loses 100 pounds, I don't care how, I mean, obviously if you do it like with surgery or some really stupid shit, that's different. If you do it eating real food, tracking macros, exercising, getting good sleep, over time, changing your lifestyle gradually, that person has not just changed physically. Emotionally, spiritually. Mentally. Mentally. They're different. That, the, the amount of mental strength that you have to overcome is what really needs to be celebrated because you're changing everything that you've ever thought of yourself. Maybe like there's some trauma or experiences that have, have held you back, but then you were able to overcome it to, to live a healthier version of yourself. It's a lot of people. That's the... But when you're not mindful of the actual process and you're only fixated on the end goal, I don't know if you ever really get there because you you get deterred along the way. And if you're somebody who's achieved something and accomplished something that's that important, you could be even graduating college where we kind of play it off like it's nothing. And I'm not the biggest fan of school or higher education, but that's an accomplishment in my life. I went to college. I did all the tasks. Well, and you enjoyed it. You loved the college experience overall. Well, let's see. You play sports, <laughs> drink booze, have make awesome friends, hook Meet up, girls. hook up with girls. <laughs> uh, it's basically like the greatest life ever. Uh, it's a really good era of time. If you didn't enjoy it, something's wrong with you. But there is an accomplishment there. They set out courses for you. You woke your ass up every day. Maybe not early. Sometimes um, went to class once in a while. You took the test. You did the coursework. Maybe you, like me, you had to go to the math tutor. Shout out to Mr. Farndale um, every day. I was terrible at math. And, or you went to the study halls. Like you did all the things you were supposed to do. And that is an accomplishment. Not to just be celebrated on that day, but along the way and just through your life. And a lot of these things that can't be taken from you. And that's why I always talk about building a resume. All these things kind of stack up. But what we do is we just kind of, we move through life quickly and don't realize like, well, I actually graduated school. Like I got this certification, you know, I used to be in this shape and now I'm in this shape, even for you. And I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, but you don't celebrate it enough. You're the the perfectionist. You are too hard on yourself. Yeah, I can get wrapped up in always chasing the next thing and focusing on the next goal or that next chapter, whatever that is, it can distract me from really stopping and appreciating what I've accomplished currently in my life. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, blow unicorn smoke up your ass every day and gas yourself up no, to, but to make you be sound proud like you're of great. yourself. Yeah. And you know, if you're, if you're feeding yourself bullshit or if you're just saying, Hey man, I did a good job. Like this is pretty, you can shock yourself sometimes mm-hmm. when you really sit down and if you're having a shit day right now and 10 things are going wrong in your life and, and maybe things aren't working out. Just sit down for a second after you get off the podcast or even right now as I ramble and just write down some of the things you've accomplished from age, you know, 20 to 40 or wh- however it is, whether it be, you know, with your family or your relationships, your friends, your physical body, your finances, your job, career, education, whatever it may be. I think if you really do some digging, you'll be surprised how far you have made it and how many things you have gone through that built you up to this point. And that's all part of your process and your journey. And again, like I said, 
success is not an accident. Great achievements don't just happen to people. Like it's, it's your consistent effort and habits over time that have made you the person that is listening to us ramble on today. Next one, one of the most important, lift other people up. Not just today, but every day. And serve others. I think lifting others up and serving people, you're going to find so much happiness and fulfillment in your life. And people, when we say this, sometimes they think like, well, I don't have money to donate. It doesn't have to be money. It can be your time. Mm-hmm. It could be your effort, your energy. It can be you listening. It's really basic stuff. It could just be the way you live your life. Because there is people who are... Just more enjoyable to be around. People, like, the, you feel drawn to them because of their positive energy. And they're constantly somebody that is someone that you would want to be around and not like a complainer or a negative person and just can go a long way. And that's a simple way to just lift someone else up is by brightening their day and being a positive energy and force. And all of you guys can do this. You don't need a giant platform on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or a podcast. Even you have the ability to do it every single day. I don't, I don't try to do specific things each day. I, I think, again, obviously I have an overall plan of what we're going to do, how this business runs and where I want my life to go. But so much of it just happens kind of by accident. And I, I say that with an asterisk by it. And by accident, I mean like I'm going to wake up every day and do what I'm supposed to do to make my life have meaning for me selfishly. And then selfishly giving back to other people fills my cup and there are individuals in your life that end up being like they're like bridges or they're like fuel they're oxygen for people the people that motivate people and maybe they're not even setting out to do it they're just living their life and you just see it by the leadership of the actions every day maybe not even by the words so if you guys watch my stuff well jeremy motivates me to be fit because he posts all these fitness videos super cool we put them out so they can help you guys you can watch something you can take it you can go and use it. And if that has made you a healthier person, I'm happy to do that. And that's why we try to do it consistently. If the podcast helps you by just the words we say, that's how we do it. You guys have the exact same power that I have and that anyone else has that has a big platform, small platform, or no platform. But you, if you're a parent, and I'm not telling you how to raise your kids, the things you do every day are going to lift your kids up. The actions you take, the way you eat, the way you go about your day, they're going to see that. Your friends are going to see it. Your family's going to see it. If you reach out to somebody, and I've gotten way better at this over the years as my friends have gotten older, you know, life just happens. It does. You know, health happens, divorces happen, these things. By me texting my friends and just checking up on them, it starts a dialogue that can change the scope of their entire day, week, month, or year. Just by letting them know, like, hey, man, I'm here to listen, or just sending them a positive note, reinforcement, or just checking up on someone. Sending a card to your grandma or grandpa. Which... First of all, if you're not doing that, like, you're kind of a shitty person. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, and I don't know your relationship with your grandma or grandpa, but most people, your grandma and grandpa are, like, the coolest people in your life. They let you eat all the shit you wanted to eat. They let you play all the games your parents didn't want to play. Stay up late. Oh, my God, dude. It was the best. And I'm not trying to throw any of my family under the bus here, but I'm certainly going to. Uh, I live, how far am I away from Minnesota? 1,300 miles? Something crazy. A lot of my 
family on my dad's side, like they live in close proximity to where my grandma used to live. She's no longer with us. She died last year. And I remember when she said, she's like, Heather and I would always stop by no matter what. This is what you do, especially when you move away. And this is off topic of, well, it's lifting people up. When you're, when you move away, you appreciate your time with friends and family a lot more. I think we can agree on that. 100%. And I don't know if we would appreciate as much if we were close. Yeah, you do take it for granted. Yeah. So when you don't get The convenience of it. Yeah. Like, oh, they'll always be around, which the truth is they won't. So I would fly back and always make a stop to see my grandma. And she would made the comment one time, or I think uh, Chef Boyardee did. Dave was my grandma's boyfriend forever. He looks like Chef Boyardee. That's why I call him that. Nicest dude ever. Also a fan of Yellowstone. Um, Because I saw him when I was home. He was watching Yellowstone when I visited. Uh, But I would see her and I remember him saying, he's like, you're the only like grandkid who comes by to see grandma. I'm so sad. Which is crazy to me. And I don't understand like how you can take things like that for granted because A, if you want to be smart, talk to people who are older because they've lived your life already. They've made all the mistakes you're going to make. You can learn so much from talking to someone in a nursing home than you can from the 25-year-old kid at the bar. That's just some life advice. You can book that. But the fact of it will make her life better because obviously they're older and this is just a side note. That's how you lift up this person who helped you for years. Mm-hmm. You know, it took care of you while your parents were doing whatever, you know, hung out with you, bought you toys, played with you, probably taught you some valuable life lessons. Now this is your chance to pay them back. And I look at almost every relationship in life that way. There was a time in my life where it wasn't as fun as this. It wasn't as positive. I wasn't as successful. I didn't have as much going on. And there's friends of mine who, whether they understood or not, were lifting me up. And now I look like, well, it's my responsibility to pay it back. And I would feel guilty if I didn't. Like when I'm having a good day, especially, I try to reach out to as many people as I can in my like friend circle, whether that's just bullshit, sharing stuff about you know, rap music or the NBA or UFC or whatever we're, we're talking about, that goes a long way just to, to make their day better. And you guys all have the power to do that, whether you realize it or not. Next one. Use other achievements, excuse me, use the achievements of other people um, for education and inspiration, not for envy and jealousy. And I do think this is important in business specifically, but also a lot of personal things like in your life. I'm not a fan of comparison, but it exists. And we all naturally do it in some arenas, in some way. Based on our personality types too, if you're more competitive, um, like an Enneagram three, like us, we're achievers. So what does an Enneagram mean? It's a personality assessment. I know that. I don't know if these guys know that. We did it before. Yeah, I think I highly suggest doing an Enneagram test. You can do it for free. Uh, Even if you just Google it, there's a lot of different options. But it's helpful to know kind of the reasoning why you are or do the things, react certain ways, your behaviors, your personality. And it's just such a good assessment to know about yourself. If you do it with your partner, I think it's ideal. Mm Mm-hmm. Your relationship, personal, and then professionally, too. It's really good for just how you work with others. But I was just trying to say that depending on your personality, sometimes, like, I'm more competitive. So I could, I compare, I struggle with the comparison because 
I will look at others who are high achievers and then it makes me compare myself to them. And then you feel like garbage. Mm -hmm. But you have to use it in a positive way to learn from them and be inspired from them, not the opposite, being jealous or envious or having it not motivate you. It's a weird thing where I don't like to compare on anything, but like I said, we naturally do it in certain Mm -hmm. arenas. I think everyone's guilty of it in some way. (laughs) But if you can use it, if you can try not to do it, obviously, but if you catch yourself doing it, use it for educational purposes or inspirational purposes or motivational purposes. And sometimes, um, you know, it's a lesson of what you want to do. And sometimes it's an example of like what you don't want to do. But if you're doing it consistently and you're becoming envious and jealous of people, you have to identify that's a problem in your life and it's going to drag you down like faster than you can imagine. And um, how do I say this? You want to chime in? You're staring at me like you want to say something. No, I'm listening. (laughs) Um, When I look at people, I don't feel like I'm competing with them in a business sense or in a fitness sense or in a life sense. I truly don't. Uh, I'm a normal person too. I might see material things, but I don't look at it and it doesn't make me envious or jealous. I'm generally at this point in my life happy for them. That was not always the case. It's a maturity. 100% In a growth uh, process. And I think as we grow and evolve and learn more about ourselves and how um, just different life experiences, but also from, I think your twenties to your thirties that can change. Well, and a lot of the things we're comparing, they're unimportant and they're irrelevant. They're stupid things. When you're a young kid, you're comparing, well, so-and-so drives this car and I drive this car. Do you know how dumb that is? Mm -hmm. It it doesn't matter. Well, so-and-so lives in this house. I live in this house. They have this kind of bag. I have that kind of bag. They have this many followers on Instagram. I have th- I have that many followers on Instagram. Why do they have more than I do? Like these, first of all, if you're doing that, I can't tell you more trivial dumb shit that you could worry about than the number of people who watch your social media. And I mean that in all sincerity. I, I truly do. I don't look at, and I use Hannah because I've been texting her all week because she's on a traveling road show. Uh, Hannah Eden Fitness, if you guys don't know, she's been on the podcast. She's super popular. What's her Instagram? Half a million people, 500 some thousand. I don't look at it and be like, well, why don't I have way more people watch my stuff than her stuff? I've never once said that. I only want success for those guys. Like at a level that they'll never understand. There's abundance for all of us. I want all of them to be amazing. There's a space for everybody. Oh my God, dude. To a point in, I don't want to get lost, but I, hopefully David Jack will come on the podcast on Friday if he shows up on time and he doesn't stop and like, <laughs> you know, help cure uh, somebody's life on the way here. But he is a person who, and I'll go with him in detail on this, wants everybody to be amazing and to almost to a fault where he wants them to be better than he is. Like so selfless. It's fucking, I've never seen anything like it. Now I'm, I don't think I'm a selfish person and I'm okay with everybody doing awesome, but selfishly I want to do awesome myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think he cares about that. The point I'm saying is when you look at other people doing great, their success does not steal from your success. There's enough for everyone. There, there truly is. And use it, if nothing else, as an educational, motivational tool, not something that makes you feel bad about yourself. And the one thing I want to mention before we let this topic go, and we'll go to the last one. The weird thing I've noticed is 
with achievements uh, and material possessions and things and accomplishments, the people closest to you are the ones who tend to be the worst towards you with it, which is really strange. Like close friends sometimes and family members. It's a really weird thing. I don't know why that is. Is it like sibling rivalry or you grew up together, you were friends, and one of them is like kind of crushing it and the other one maybe isn't, or at least that's the perception of it. And then one friend becomes jealous of the other friend or one brother becomes jealous of the other brother. And then they kind of have this animosity towards each other because he's doing so much better than they're doing or she's doing better than she's doing. It's a weird space. It is. It's a sickness. And if you find yourself doing it, you just got to step back. And over time, hopefully, mentally, you can navigate through it and mature through that. But it is a huge problem that drag a lot of people down. And obviously, we've touched on it before. Social makes it way worse for a lot of people. Last one. This is, I'm glad this one is last mm-hmm. for you. I know. <laughs> Do you want to read it? I'll let you read the last one. Worry less about your five and 10 year plan and more about your 24 and 168 hour plans, which is so good and so true. <laughs> People do this. It's the same concept as, as big rocks, little rocks, right? Like focus on the days and the weeks. Because Folks- you don't know what can happen five years from now. No, but if you're not focusing on the days, how can you win the weeks? And how can you enjoy and be present if you're constantly worrying about the future, which that's always a struggle for me. <laughs> um, you can think about the future. You can have an idea. Well, what's the, I think it was a Tony Robbins, and they he asked a question to the audience. And this is like an interview question too. Who, what's your five-year plan? Like people will ask that. Mm-hmm. And they ask the audience, who here has a five-year plan? And like 90% of the audience raises their hands. He's like, it'll never fucking happen. Put your hands down. And that's literally, he. I've never heard anybody say the F word, first of all, more than Tony Robbins at a speaking event, which is probably a shock to a lot of you guys. Uh, it was a great, great speech though. I think he says that from a standpoint of life is not just an upward or downward trajectory. It's a really twisty, windy road with stops and road bumps and construction along the way. And we tend to map it out. Well, in five years, I have to do this. In 10 years, it has to be this. Heather might be guilty of it, of like living in our house, which we've been there for eight years. Mm-hmm. Heather being there for a year. Oh, well, in our next house, we'll do this. I'm like, <laughs> what, do you, did you find some money somewhere? Did something happen that I don't know about? Because you were planning the next thing. I well, I don't want to fix this because the next house. I go, you just... You just lived, you just moved in here. It's like you bought a new car and you're like, well, the next car I get, I'm like, we'll just drive this car. I don't know where that comes from though either. It's like a planning thing. I think part of it is a planning issue. <laughs> you can't possibly know what's going to happen five years or 10 years from now. You can have an idea and you can put yourself in a position to be successful and win. Like if it's, Hey, Jeremy, I'm 49. I want to be retired in five years or 10 years. I understand that. And you can save the money, invest it, do things financially to put you on the right track. And something might happen where it happens three years sooner or something might happen where it's a year or two later. But the only way you're going to get there is the daily habits anyway. All the things you want in five years are only possible or impossible based on the things you're doing in each 24-hour block. 
each 48 hour block, each 168 hour block, and then each month mm-hmm. that stacks up over time. But we get so wrapped up in, again, the macro, we don't focus on the micro. If you guys are on your fitness journey, it's the same way. If you're a person who's got 50 pounds to lose, and if you're talking quick fat loss, half a pound to a pound a week, you're looking at one to two years of lifestyle-based healthy eating that's going to come off and make you feel good, move good, but it's not going to take away from your life. And that's okay. And you can have that you know, end goal of six months or a year or two years, but what you have to do is focus on the daily and not worry about the stuff five years from now. Because my experience has been this. The things you think are cool today, five years from now, some of them might be the same, but some of them will be completely different. And you'll think they're ridiculously stupid and almost, I don't want to say embarrassed, but laughable that that's what you wanted to do. And that's what you thought was important to you in your life. We've done it before. Mm -hmm. Like the cars I used to think were cool. Oh, yeah. I think are stupid now. I think 2020 solidified a lot for me and helped me (laughs) be better about not planning the future because I learned a lot from this past year and a half that you just it's life's unpredictable and you really don't have a control over what will happen in the future so no you can you take the wheel like you're mm-hmm. driving the car and you can set the destination most certainly but you can't control the weather along the way or if you get a flat tire or if there's road construction or you get lost for a little bit that's kind of how I think of all these goals but we like to think, it. well, I set the GPS and it just runs. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. And even over the past year and a half, you would say this a lot. I feel like I'm so behind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, behind on what? Because you had this predetermined path in your head of, well, I need to get here by this date and this time. And I don't know if that's society or America or what it is, but we're, we all can be guilty of it here and there. But if you're not winning the day, is it really is irrelevant anyway? So the takeaway is just the process. It's just the journey of kind of appreciating the steps it took you guys to get there. And then along the way, you might learn some things about yourself and and where you want to go and who you really are and realize, you know what? That's not what I want to do for a living. That's not where I want to live. That's not the type of lifestyle that I want. That's not as important as I thought it was. And you have these, for lack of a better term, kind of come to Jesus moments um, and clarity. And you, you find maybe a different North Star to drive you. Because I used to think, you know, owning a Mercedes was super cool. And that was going to be the thing that made people think I was successful. And that's what I had to have. And that's really what I wanted to do. And sooner uh, than I thought it happened, I realized that that's not important to me. And it doesn't motivate me. It's not what wakes me up. It's not what brings me to come in here. And focusing on an external thing like that isn't what my legacy is about. And it's not what what fuels me to try to live this type of life. But if I would have tried to sprint into it and rush to it and be committed to that ideology for five years, I think I'd be in a, in a way worse place personally today. Because you can have an idea, as long as you're not married to it, is what I'm saying. Right. Be able to divorce your mind from, well, this is what I thought my my dream life was or my dream house was or my dream whatever was. And then you realize along the way, you know what? It's not that. Mm-hmm. And that's a sign of maturity and that's okay to do and I could talk about this forever. We do this thing in America now where we cancel people instantly or people say one thing and then a year later they say something different and it's like, 
they can't have the ability to change their mind. They can't have the ability to, you know, correct mistakes or right wrongs and become a better person. And we have to get away from the habit of doing that because people can fuck up and make mistakes and be a better person a, a year later, six months later, um, two years later, or they can think this is, you know, their value system and this is important to them and they can mature and become a better version of who they are and realize, you know what, this is what really matters in my life, not the things I thought used to. And that's the same concept. If you're, you know, 40 years old and you have the same exact belief system and value system you did at 20, I think you probably wasted the last 20 years. Oh, for sure. Boom. (laughs) Anything else? No, I think you covered it. That's a lot. Uh, So again, all stuff you guys know, just uh, apply the ones to your life that you know uh, you need to work on. We're in our 47-day transformation right now, and it's a huge part of it is them self-auditing and just self-questioning and understanding like you have the ability to change a lot of things in your life. And if you look at it from a distance, it probably seems impossible. Like how would I ever, you know, become that fit? How would I ever lose the weight? How would I ever pay off my debt? How would I ever, you know, live in that neighborhood? Or how would I ever graduate with this certification or this degree? And sure, if you look at it, you know, big picture, it probably seems impossible. But if you look at it in bite sizable chunks, it's way more realistic. Like what the saying is, how do you eat elephant? Like one bite at a time. And that's literally how all of us do anything. Simple enough. Cool beans. Uh, when are you coming back, Heather? I don't know. A couple weeks, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be gone. I have a bachelorette. Where are you going? It's Labor Day weekend. Next weekend, I'm going to Sedona. And then... Are you really? Just for a night. And then... Did um, you tell me that? Yeah. Lindsay and I are going to go hiking. Dr. Bayer to you. She's been on the podcast. And then... um, Sedona sucks, by the way. Don't go there. Yes. It's so overcrowded. (laughs) But it is beautiful. Um, it's so beautiful. And then have Lolly coming into town and then... Oh, little girls weekend? The next following weekend, I have bachelorette party in San Diego. Oh. Seems like Heather's living the life, you guys. <laughs> so I'll be here. Uh, Work hard, play hard. <laughs> I'll be here working away. Uh, yeah, David Jack's coming on the podcast. My hope is Friday. Uh, David Jack is the goat uh, in fitness for sure. He, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let him come on and, and I think it's probably, if he shows up on time, that's a big thing. He, um, not that he doesn't value my time, but he's just a, he's got this kind of Pied Piper complex. He's a unique individual. One of the, the best episodes we will do, um, for sure. He has changed my life in, in more ways than I can thank him. I would not be here today without him. And so I think you guys will get a lot out of it, not just in terms of health and fitness, but how to live your life with intention and with meaning and to hear it from somebody who literally is a, and I mean this like a one of a kind individual um, in every sense of the word. So that'll happen next Friday. If you guys uh, have questions for us, myself, Heather, uh, any podcast suggestions, send them our way. If you have people you want to hear me chat with as a guest, Send those in as well, as long as they can come to Scottsdale and hang out. It's beautiful anyway. It's about to not be 200 degrees here. It's a great place to visit. We'll have them come in, wrap, chat. be a great time. Uh, reminder, uh, thanks to our sponsors of the podcast, Athletic Greens, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. We can hook you guys up, give you a free travel pack. 
Same thing with uh, my man Joey's Hot Sauce, joeyshotsauce.com, the code Jeremy25, you get 25% off always and forever. And my homies at JLab Pro, jeremyscottfitness.com slash JLab Pro. That's what we use for our protein, turmeric, collagen, and uh, krill oil. If you guys want to check it out, we can give you a discount on the collagen and the protein always. I think they're having some stuff go on this week as well. Uh, we can give you guys the free supplement guide where we kind of break down everything. And then if you guys are listening and you're not on our email list, I'm happy to throw you on there. We send out three emails a week, every week, uh, some weeks, even five or six emails. I've been doing that for 11 years. And then if you guys are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and click that. Uh, we're loading all the podcasts on there, or uh, I should say 90% of the podcasts on there. And then all the stuff we share on Instagram and a couple other things from some programs, 100% for free. Thank you, Heather. As always, thank you. You guys have an amazing start to your week. Uh, if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, stop, scroll your finger all the way down, drop it a five star, leave some comments. I truly would appreciate it. And until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.